Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On episode 25 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, Adam and Jeremiah are back to talk about West Ham's triumphant win over Southampton. We jump into Hammers Poll's questions and then end off with the final pregame analysis with Watford to end the season. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast for episode 25. We are jumping in here at the end of the season after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, about a month-long hiatus, but we're, we're back to finish out strong here and hopefully have some more com- content for uh, for any listeners out there after next week and as well through the through the offseason to try and, you know, cover some transfer speculation and whatnot. But before we get to all of that, uh, I welcome partner in crime here, Jeremiah. How you doing, Jeremiah? I'm doing pretty good, Adam. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm a lot better lately because uh, Weston have been, you know, bringing out some solid results, but... Uh, we will we will certainly jump into that. Um, as it stands right now, the Hammers are looking for a possible ninth place finish in the table, with Watford on the horizon. Uh, they're coming off of back-to-back wins, back-to-back clean sheets, goals from Antonio Arnautovic, and a, a Premier League first for Ryan Frederick. So things are really sort of starting to happen for the Irons right now, and and it's uh, you know maybe too little, too late. But I'm I'm never going to take a negative and try and make it a, or positive and try and make it a negative. These are good times to be a West Ham fan, and we're excited to be on here. So we will start with our look back at the Southampton episode, or at the Southampton uh, match, rather, and and discuss what we liked about it. I thought from the outset, West Ham seemed to be completely dictating this this match, and, and we're essentially in the driver's seat from, from the start. How did you feel coming out of the gate with it? You know, I felt pretty good. I didn't get to actually watch it uh, as it was going on. I was at work, and... Uh, I tried, but you know every goal that we scored, I was I wasn't watching, so I kind of just I figured I'm gonna stay away from it. I don't want to be a, a bad luck charm, but uh, no, it, it looked good. Uh, we looked like we were in control, and as we should have been. You know, that's one of the games that we talk about a lot. Of we should be in control of this game. We should take advantage of this game, and, and I feel like we did. They had a couple chances. I don't even really know if I would consider them chances. They had a couple opportunities that maybe that Southampton didn't really take advantage of, kind of at the beginning, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think really, really from the get-go, from what, when I was watching back, it, it seemed like we had total control. And I, I, I certainly agree with that. Uh, the only part that didn't really feel like that was maybe the first 10 minutes after the half, but we'll, mm. we'll get to the second half there. Um, the goal that came in the first half, Marco Arnautovic's uh, bottom, bottom of the net finish on that Mark Noble through ball, 
Uh, I think it was about the 15 minute mark that that goal happened. Um, yeah, 16 minutes. I just pulled it up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a a really well played goal. I, I don't know how to phrase it the best, but um, there was a bad pass from Southampton breaking out of their own end when they had complete control of possession. They weren't really under too much pressure either. Anatovich was sort of pushing back down the wing, but. Uh, Noble steps up, picks off the ball, and Arnautovic, what he hadn't been doing in, in previous matches, uh, is working the, the channels down the middle and picking up his head and, and staying in the game when the chance didn't come to him. So the, the ball was turned over previous to this. Rather than hanging his head, he sort of put some pressure on uh, and, and trotted back and got into an onside position. And that way, when Noble picked up the ball, he was ready to go for, for the goal there. And and uh, the pass was was lovely, beautifully weighted. It rolled right in front of him. He took it on one touch, and then his second touch went right in the back of the net. And it was all beautifully worked. Um, it was nice to see Noble getting some credit for being sort of more attacking uh, during that goal because everyone thinks of him as uh, you know a defensive midfielder or someone who's going to stand in front of your back four and protect them. But uh, he's been sort of the box to box midfielder. West Ham have been or are supposedly looking for, and I know it's different than what they're going to be trying to acquire this summer. But Noble has stepped up, and he's really your Swiss your Swiss Army knife type of player, right? So certainly in the midfield. So that was yeah, great no, to see him get some credit there. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he he I don't want to sound too cheesy with it, but kind of like a fine wine, he just keeps getting better the uh, the longer he's been playing and. It was a beautiful pass, and I know I made a joke about, well, I thought he could only pass side to side. I didn't think he could pass uh, <laughs> up the field. So, uh, you know, it was great to see. It was a great pass. And another thing, when you mentioned with Arnautovic, just a lot of times, too, kind of in the stretch of, was it 12 or 13 games when Seems he didn't have long. a Premier League goal, that uh, he would get the ball and he would rush it. Because you could tell almost either, A, he's trying to get the fans off of his back, or he just wants to, you know, he wants to break that drought. But he took it. He took his time, you know, with it a little bit, and, and just he put it where it needed to go. It was, it wasn't anything fancy. There was nothing really fancy to it. It was just a perfectly placed shot, and right in the back of the right in the back of the net, and one nil. And and something I also want to bring up is heading into this match, like you had said, there was sort of a, a quiet confidence about uh, about the game for West Ham. You know, Southampton were were mathematically safe from relegation. West Ham weren't going to reach seventh, so the pressure was off both sides there. Um, but then one hour before the match, the lineups get released, and all of a sudden panic starts setting in in my mind. Uh, we see Mikel Antonio starting on the left wing, and we see Pedro Obiang starting in a holding midfield position. And there's no Declan Rice, and there's no Felipe Anderson. Uh, it looks like they both picked up a bug. Uh, I'll let the speculation uh, whip up in your minds about how they both got that bug. But uh, <laughs> our two best players, arguably, outside of Fabianski as well, uh, for the entire season are plucked from this game. And, and I'm sure uh, Southampton would have been licking their chops when they had seen that, right? Yeah, no, I definitely had speculation. It was uh, maybe not so much with Diangana. I liked I liked seeing that. Antonio on the left was something we really hadn't seen this year or too much of. And um, It sort of happened naturally in the game when yeah, him and, him and yeah. Felipe would switch off corners and whatnot. But yeah, you're completely yeah. right. It was unordinary. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. Seeing Obiang... Obiang's name in the in the center where you normally see Rice was uh, is a bit terrifying, and and I think that uh, I ate a lot of crow this uh, this past week because he had a heck of a game. 
Yeah, and and something also when I saw the lineups released, uh, I saw all of a sudden Southampton's going with Shane Long and Danny Ings. Uh, mm-hmm. They they have on there uh, Stuart Armstrong. I, they didn't have on James Ward Prowse, which I thought was weird. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Hoiberg in the midfield, Lamina are both solid players. Players that I was circling both of their names if uh, Southampton went down this year for West Ham to, to beef up their midfield with. But um, Shane Long and Danny Ings. Ings is. Um, he's younger than I assumed he was, but he's got a lot of experience and he knows how to score a goal. So uh, earlier this season, he was banging him in pretty regularly. Injuries obviously knocked him down a peg, but Shane Long just scored the fastest goal in Premier League history. He's feeling himself a little bit. Uh, their new manager, I, I, I don't want to try and say his name because I know I'm going to say it wrong, but Hassan Hoodle. Uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> he had rounded them into form as well. So um, there was this sort of... Um, I don't want to say there was like this cautiousness or fear because I thought that West Ham without Rice or Philippe Anderson would still be able to win this game, but I didn't envision it being as easy as it was for the for the Hammers to do, and it was really led by that Arnautovic attack. Um, let's jump into the second goal here. Uh, it's a bit of an odd one because it takes us into the second half where West Ham were not in control out of the gate. Uh, a sort of a broken play off of a counter, Shows West Ham break down the left-hand side. Uh, I believe it was, let me just see here, it was the 69th minute, so let me pull up my timeline here. That means that uh, Jack Wilshere had just come on, uh, and he played the ball in the, in the box uh, off to Mazuaku, who was overlapping, put in a cross that was too close to the keeper. Uh, I think 9 out of 10 times we see that keeper grab the ball, hold it to his chest, and you know the, the chance is over. Instead, Fraser Forrester, who has just dropped off a cliff in recent years, mm-hmm. decides to punch it directly at Arnautovic. Granted, that wasn't on purpose, but he punched it out to the middle of his box at about chest height, hit off Arnautovic, he jumped up, put it in with his head, two goals, he's on a hat-trick, and, and it was really deflating and probably lucky for West Ham because Southampton were dictating play up to that point in the second half, and that deflated their entire attack. Anything they wanted to do was basically gone. Yeah, and I think maybe punt I think he tried to punch it it didn't really seem like quite of a punch but yeah I was I was kind of shocked too to see that I figured you know in they made the right play Mazuaku came in made the right idea get the ball on net and see what happens and luckily like you said even before with Arnautovic he wasn't kind of giving up play he was right there it was really lucky right to him it was kind of odd looking and I know I watched it a couple times I was I was always making sure he was onside type of deal and um yeah it, it it just looked good. It, it was it was well played, and, and yeah, I don't really know what's happened to Frazier in the last couple of years, but because he would have been a goalie, I would have wanted to have at one point, but uh, he's kind of just fallen off the map. But yeah, like you said, at that point, you know, two nil, anything they had going on for him in the first ten ish minutes was was shot and pretty much over at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and, and it leads into uh, the next goal, which happened uh, a few few minutes mm-hmm. later, rather. Uh, three minutes to be exact. Ryan Fredericks gets his first, and uh, when you see Ryan Fredericks with the ball at his feet, he looks like he has no intent to cross the ball into the box. He wants to look <laughs> his defender directly in the eye and run straight at him. And if he does that, uh, you know it's it seems to be he's getting past the first man a lot of times. So good on him. But he played a beautiful one-two with Wilshire, who on a one-touch went back behind his own leg, played Fredericks in. Fredericks got a fortunate bounce on the tackle. But made no no mistake on the finish. Put it far post. Great goal. Great first goal. It earned him an EA Sports informed card in, in FIFA, although Arnautovic was missing there. But uh, 
it, it was it was an awesome goal. The celebration you could you could see exactly how much it meant to him. But it capped off uh, what was one of the best single game performances by a player for West Ham this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too one of our one of our better performances too. I know the team that we were facing wasn't you know top six side, but in, all in all, just the way they had played together, the different individual performances as well was, was really good. I mean, even Wilshire on that kind of back-to-back pass, was, it was nice to see it. Um, it's good to see him back, and, and, and I don't want to say staying healthy and, and jinx something, but he, he's he's looked like he's you know getting better. And I, I, I read something, and forgive me, I can't remember where, but uh, it seemed like he was going to take no kind of holidays this summer and just kind of work, work on training and uh, rehab and getting everything ready to go, which is uh, also good news. Selfish of me, but... Uh, <laughs> But but yeah no it, it was good to see I know I was giving I was trying to give EA Sports a little flack on Twitter only giving uh, Fredericks a I think a ninety five pace um, but yeah no that, it's good to see and, and Arnie got snubbed I think he should have been on the team of the week but well, I mean, um, if, if you look yeah. around the other players that made it there for forwards it's like head scratching but yeah. I digress yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so so Fredericks puts in that marquee performance as well uh, Arnautovic shows up and plays great. Uh, but maybe the unsung hero is, is really Mark Noble in this game. And it's his birthday today as we're recording this. So happy birthday, Mark Noble. We know you're a loyal listener of the Green Street Amherst podcast. Of course, so, of course. Uh, we, we say happy birthday to you, Mr. West Ham, the guy who is pretty much everything for this team. Uh, but it's it's been two weeks in a row now with uh, him performing at such a, a high performance, or sorry, a high level. Uh, and I don't know what to really say about it. He's... He's such an enigma because you pluck this player, put him in any other team, he's not as good. He grew up being a West Ham fan. He grew up West Ham. He's from Canning Town. He's played here his, his whole career other than a few loan spells and his, his beginnings uh, as, a, as a prospect. But this guy is everything West Ham. And it, it, they pull the best out of each other, the club and the player. So I, I really find a hard time trying to, trying to personify – or not personify, but describe what – Mark Noble means to the team, uh, and it's 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 essentially you know you have the the heart of the team out there in the midfield, uh, exactly where it should be, and he's he's dictating play, and, and he looks so good defensively, offensively, transitioning the ball. Like you said, he was he was he wasn't just passing it sideways or backwards; he was actually picking people out going forward. It, it was an unbelievable performance on the back of a, an already unbelievable performance before that. It, it's great to see, and we know it. I think as West Ham fans, we know what we're going to get out of Mark Noble. And sometimes it's not great. You know, it's not always a Zay game like it has been the last two weeks. But it's never, it's never a down game. Um, I don't think anyway. I, I do, I do know, and, and you know, not trying to be pessimistic, but in a couple of years that'll start sliding a little bit. Uh, and, and then I just hope, I hope that we do good and do right by him, and keep him somewhere in the club and the coaching role. A training role whatever that looks like at first but yeah he it's tough to bring into words what he means and and you don't see it anymore you know we all hope that Declan Rice is that next Mark Noble we all hope that we have other people from the academy come up and do that but uh you just don't see it anymore you really don't I mean no the the one player the one club player is a thing of the mm -hmm. past it seems yeah yeah so it's just uh it's it's fantastic to see it's fantastic to have and this is two years in a row now he's kind of turned it on in the last like I mean turn it on like a game style like in the last couple of matches i mean you remember last year with that, that awesome banger. volley yeah it was, <laughs> man so it's good to see i'm glad and i want to keep him around as long as we can 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think it, it's it's so obvious that it'll happen. So I think that um, I think that it's just a matter of time. I think you'll see him maybe be a part of the team for another, I would say, maximum three years. And then mm-hmm. with this year being the transition between whoever we bring in uh, to take that, that noble position. And then, you know, after that, you're going to start seeing him shift out a little bit. But just the natural progression of things, that'll put him at 34 years old. Nothing wrong with that, 34, 35. So uh, it's just great seeing him play great because that means usually West Ham's playing great. Now, something you had talked about on your uh, stint on American West Ham TV, or sorry, American Hammers TV, was about the youth that was used in this game and how there wasn't really much of it, especially with injuries uh, to Anderson and Rice. There are two, you know, prime academy players who you think would take those positions, namely Nathan Holland and Connor Coventry, uh, and West Ham don't use either of them. So, uh, I, 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 your position on that, I'll let you, you sort of stake a claim was basically you wanted to see more youth brought in in this match correct yeah that's absolutely correct and you know shout out to american hammers tv for letting me get on um it was a little bit of a uh, snafu in the first half so if you watch <laughs> part one and, and a part two um watch both but part one's a little uh maybe entertaining we couldn't really hear each other yeah so that cer- made it certainly fun, a lot but... to watch in that one <laughs> but uh but yeah so no, I wanted to see more youth, and I recently written an article, I think it came out today, on GreaseStreetHammers.com, that um, just, you know, kind of fighting for that ideal of having more youth. And we, like you said, we have two prime players that really haven't seen anything at all this year um, as far as the as the top, you know, league goes. I mean, they had a lot of really good performances, I thought, in under-23s and down there. But, um, yeah, I thought this was a good opportunity. Nothing against Southampton, but... You know, it could have been a game that those two could have been in, and and, and they might have they might have played well. It would have been good for them to actually see what uh, good for the coaching staff to see what what they really truly are. All we really know now is what they're doing in the under twenty threes and um, you know Premier League two and all that, and um, we don't really know what their what their full potential is. Get them in, let them play, and, and see what uh, what we have. And if we do have something good, really really good in those two. And that's two positions we don't have to worry about in this transfer window. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I think that's a, a very valid and reasonable viewpoint because, you know, West Ham is the academy of football, right? You want to see those young mm-hmm. players given a chance. Um, and you look at the likes of Grady Diangana this season, who, who has, you know, fallen off a bit from the hype of his first couple games, including that Macclesfield game where um, I'm sure he has a tougher time scoring on his teammates and tra- training a lot of time. But uh, <laughs> uh you know, the the counter side to that would be if West Ham lose their last two games of the season, uh, that could drop them to possibly 14th in the table. Uh, I know <clears throat> Crystal Palace are behind them. They won Bournemouth one as well. Uh, sorry, yeah, Bournemouth one against uh, Spurs. Uh, so you never know who's going to climb up and take spots from you. And, and each spot is looking like it's going to be around two million pounds of, of prize money. So um, finishing ninth to finishing 14th, let's call it, uh, is you know, a pretty solid amount of money, up up to ten million pounds of money that could be you know invested back into the club, that could knock down the loans that are against the club from from the owners, that could go to the transfer budget. You never know, right? So, uh, you want to finish as high as you can always, and I think for Pellegrini as well, uh, money is such a, 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 a an issue for the club uh, as far as investing in the team and how much is too much, how much is too little. So the 
the balance between getting the youth in and figuring out what they are and finishing as high as possible to help the team with potential transfers in the future. You know, it's such an, it's such an odd balance to try and hit. Um, my argument against it would be, I think Pellegrini has a really good idea of what these players can do and who they are uh, because he's doing something that we didn't see with Moyes uh, and we didn't see with Bilic, and that is he's basically holding joint training sessions between the under-23s and the senior team. So more players in there, but every time you, they, they, they update with training photos, which are few and far between these days, uh, we see Nathan Holland in the background. We see Connor Coventry in the background. Before he left, we saw uh, Joe Powell there. But you, you always see these, you know, Ben Johnson as well. You can always use an extra defender, especially a, a dual-footed one. So we're always seeing these faces pop up. And it's giving the manager more time to see what they can do against stronger opposition. So uh, I think he has a good idea for it. I also think that we, you know, you know, when you have like a team that's really bad, but you have a couple players that you really like and Mm -hmm. you think like, you know, let's, you know, this guy's really good, you know, maybe next season he'll, he'll take the next step, whatever. And then, you know, that team splashes some money and you get some better players and you're like, Oh, they weren't really good. They were just the best of what we had, or I got attached to them because they were here. Um, so I think we could be kind of looking at our own players with those rose colored glasses. So just because they're here doesn't mean they're going to play for West Ham. Uh, look at Josh Cullen. I know he's getting recalled and to be looked at in the summer by Pellegrini, but I honestly don't think there's much of a future for him here. I think Ed Millicent Fernandez is different because he is uh, a little bit younger. He's a little bit of a different build. He's got that sort of long lankiness to him. And instead of going to a League 2 side, he went to a Serie A side. There was, there was genuine interest uh, from a, a Tier 1 division in Europe that wanted to see him play, and he's played extremely well by all accounts. So, uh, you know, there's, there's different levels to things there. Everyone wants to see Josh Collins succeed as the example again, but, you know, sometimes things just don't pan out. Um, and that's not good. That's not bad. It's just the way things are. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think, you know, getting the, getting the team to finish on a strong, solid foot is more important than getting these players some minutes. Um, I do think that there is a balance to be struck with that, but that's, you know, that's why you have the cups at the beginning of the year. And unfortunately, West Ham didn't go far enough to really get the most out of that. So, um, I don't know. We can we can leave it there. Uh, I feel like I'm being long winded in my answer here, but uh, we can let's let's uh, let's take a, a quick stop over here, and we'll jump back in with some questions from our favorite social media questions account, uh, Hammers Poll. So stick with us. All right, as mentioned, we are jumping back in with our uh, one of our favorite social media accounts with West Ham related questions, uh, and that is basically uh, our, our friends over at Hammers Polls. Uh, check them out at hammerspoles.com. They just had a new website set up. Uh, I know the, the the gentleman who runs that site there is a, obviously a massive West Ham supporter. And he loves seeing the interaction, or else I don't think he'd be doing any of this uh, any of this great social studies on on West Ham fans and their beliefs. So um, give them a give them a follow on Twitter, a like, uh, check out their website. I'm sure they'd really ap- appreciate that. Uh, again, that that that's Ian from from Hammers Poles who runs it. Always a great guy, uh, and their website is hammerspoles.com. Uh, let's jump into some questions here, Jeremiah. Um, okay. Now, <clears throat> something, excuse me, that, uh, that Hammers Polls has introduced on the website, another good reason to check out hammerspolls.com is basically to ask your own question. So they have a, a little fill-out form there where you can put in your name, your Twitter handle, and your question, and they will basically uh, blast out uh, all the ones that are that are good there. So go check that out. But uh, here's 
a solid question that leads off of our last discussion. It's a question from Rob B six four six three two three two five four two five. Apparently, there wow. are a lot of Rob Bs in the world. Uh, he asks Hammers polls, which of our young players are likely to make it as a permanent fixture in our first team in the near future? Cullen, Coventry, Silva, or Holland? And Zonda Silva is an interesting one, kind of a forgotten player. But who out of those four and why uh, do you think is going to be a, a permanent fixture? Man, that's tough. And, and going back on what we just talked about with, with Colin, he's kind of one of those players that you love because he's been around for a while, right? And he's got to be, what, 20... I think he's 23? Three-ish, yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that's old, but a lot of these other guys are younger than him and maybe have more potential. And, and to me, he looks more like a kind of Mark Noble-esque. Mm-hmm. He's a little smaller in stature, and um, but he, he's good at that role. But really, I think out of those four, um, you want to give it to me again one more time? Oh, he's Colin Silva... Holland and Coventry. Or Coventry. Um, Silva is an interesting one, but I, I think I would go. I think I'm going to go with Holland. I think that there's been enough. Um, there's been enough hype about him and watching him play in the under 23s and seeing different clips in practice. And, and I do kind of think you know that's enough too. That can be enough to watch him in practice against the senior team to for Pellegrini to know who he is. And I think that. With the hype that's there, it's not you know made up. There's not somebody out there that's hyping him up and that's just trying to get you know his numbers going. I, he truly is an electrified player, and I, I think out of those three or four, that would be um, that's who I think will make it, and that's just the most exciting I can see from it. And I know he kind of plays in that same position that Anderson does, um, but he can go out on the other side too, and, and he'll just I think it would be a good bench player to have going forward next season. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. And actually, Holland was my pick before you said that. Um, and, I, and I also think that you could probably um, chalk up a lot of Silva's early success uh, and Connor Coventry's success with having an, 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 a winger like Holland when he was fit this season playing alongside him. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, someone different. I'm gonna say Zonda Silva, and the only reason I'm gonna say that is the complete exact reason you said maybe not to Holland, uh, and that's roster depth as it stands right now. Uh, Marco Arnautovic is up in the air, but every other striker on the team appears to be off this year, including Chicharito. Um, Silva could get a chance or an extended look just based off of um, having a strong summer and, and being an, an option that's close by. So um, I'll pick him. I, I do think that's a solid list of players, though. Uh, Cullen would be, you know, that that sort of bulldog. Um, and you know what? I know he would never hope for West Ham to go down, but if West Ham went down over the last year or two, uh, mm-hmm. Cullen probably would be a midfield fixture for us uh, as it was standing right now. So um, it's interesting to see, you know, different players getting chances based off of West Ham not being in these relegation battles this season or uh, in seasons prior. So uh, that's a that's a really good question and, and a, a difficult four pack of players to pick from, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, tough because any any four of them you could you could want to strong case for all yeah. of them, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, next one here is, is really interesting as well. Hammers fan 02380 on Hammers polls is asking this. As a left back, who would you keep? Aaron Cresswell, Mazuaku, both or neither? Um, I, I will, I'll put my hat into the ring here first. And I voted on this, and I am in the minority as it stands right now. Oh, by the way, on the last question, um, let's say Holland. The people voted uh, Holland 65%, Silva 23%, Coventry 3 Cullen 9 So pretty lopsided there. This one's a lot closer. Um, I voted for Cresswell in this one. Now, the only reason I say that is because um, he offers more offensively 
than Mazuaku offers defensively. So when you compare the two, I think Cresswell, I know he's got injury problems. Uh, Mazuaku's got an attitude problem, though. So, you know, that also factors in. Um, I, I think I think Cresswell, you also need to have that, that English component on the team there, not just as a cultural thing, but also the Premier League's changing rules on that. So I know you need to have those quote-unquote homegrown players. So he checks the box there as well. But I think the, there's more good with Cresswell than there is uh, with Mazuaku on the whole. Attacking Mazuaku all day, especially these last two games, he's been lights out. But I say Creswell, but it, it's close. It's close. How about you? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I, I will say this. If Aaron Creswell could stay healthy, um, it's not even. this isn't even a question, uh, I, I don't think. I mean, you've seen him. When he came back initially, it wasn't very good, and then we had a lot of struggles at left back. But once he's had time under his belt to get back in the rhythm of things, he's really good. Um I, too, not to bore the listeners, but I, too, would think I'll go with Cresswell. Nothing against Mazuaku the last couple matches. And it seems that between him and whoever's playing, you know, on the left wing has really kind of formed a good relationship. And it's probably good for both of those left backs to have Bob Buena and Diop yeah. in the center playing solid like they have to give them that kind of freedom. But, yeah, I think in the long haul, I would go with Creswell. Um, nothing really against Mazuaku anymore. You know, if we talked about this three, four months ago, it might be different. But just off of more defensive prowess alone, I'll go with Creswell. Totally agree. And you know what? At the start of the season, we all thought Mazuaku would be our starting left back. Mm-hmm. He, he played great the season before. Let's move on. Boom, boom, boom. And then the craziness that ensued at the start of the year, players dropping form. All of a sudden, Mazuaku is telling the world on Instagram he's not even a left back, uh, even though he's played there his entire career. Um, I, I don't know. There was a lot up in the air with him. And I think that you know, when, when Creswell gets criticized, I don't know this for a fact, but he's not he's not lashing out on social media. And he's also not saying it's other people's fault. So um, I think there's, like, like we had said, there's a lot to like about Creswell as um, a defender over Mazuaku. But if Mazuaku can give this form, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with them. It could be down to uh, which one of the two they can get more money for and if they can completely cancel out that... Uh, Leonardo Cortis, uh, Olympiacos left back that they're apparently still scouting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to skip over a couple questions here. Um, so a question from hammers fan. Oh, zero three, eight, two. Um, same as the last question. Oh, by the way, the last question had, uh, Mazuaku at 35% Creswell at 25, both at 32 and neither at eight. So it seems like everyone mm-hmm. wants at least one of them back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so same question, same fan, different question. Forgetting what you would like to happen, who do you think will stay at the club the longest? Oh, this is great. Uh, option one, Gold, Sullivan, Brady. Option two, Pellegrini. Option three, Arnautovic. Option four, Rice. Uh, please, Jeremiah, take us away. Ah, uh, this is this is so. Who, regardless of what, so basically, regardless of what would happen, who do you want to see stay at the club or, longer? Or what, what you want to happen? Yeah. Hmm. I think you got to go with Rice. Um, I'm going to go with Rice. Uh, granted, you know, Pellegrini, great. He, for all intents and purposes, is a great manager and great style and everything like that. I, I love it. Nothing against him. But with Rice being the age that he is, being the type of player that he is, having somebody back on the England squad is huge, not only for for West Ham, just not for him, but, I mean, for the, the name of West Ham as a whole. Um yeah, I'm going to go with Rice. I mean, nothing against Karen Brady's uh, Claire and Claire Carpet or whatever. I heard other people talking about this past week. But uh, 
the jokes but, yeah, themselves there. It, it does. It does. But no, I think Declan Rice would be my choice. So uh, maybe I phrased this wrong, but it's for it, the the caption on this or the, the precursor to this was forgetting what you would like to happen. Who do you think will stay at the club the longest? Uh, so it. not who yeah. you, because I'm, I'm with you there. I'm two feet in on Rice staying, but if I think who's going to be here the longest, I say Gold, Sullivan, and Brady because I don't think these people are going to are going to sell the club anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Let me re- retract my statement. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go with unfortunately those three. Um, I don't see them going anywhere. I know there's all these rumors about the, the owner from PSG coming out and and putting all this money down. But yeah, I don't see those three going anywhere anytime soon. Just hopefully they can change change up a little bit. And they've 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 taken the first couple steps this season to doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're making the London Stadium feel more like home with the surroundings. The plans to also square up the uh, the seats, but they they're also you know relinquishing some control when it comes to player transfers and selections. So that's good to see as well. Uh, okay, let us scroll. We'll we'll go for one more here, then we'll take a quick break again, and then we will be back uh, to talk about the Watford match coming up. Uh, okay, so let me let me just scroll a little bit further down here. Oh, this is a good one because it kind of is more towards the the season that we're going uh, we're going into right now, which is transfer season. So this is from at Happy Days Barry from Hammers Polls again. Would you like to see Danny Welbeck at West Ham? Yes or no? Please uh, let me know your thoughts on this, Jeremiah. I'm gonna go with no. Um, maybe two, three years ago, absolutely. Um, and I know it sounds crazy to say no to this, considering we might only have one actual like forward going forward after a couple weeks from now, but. I'm going to go with no. I think with the injuries coming in and out, um, his kind of plays up and down. It's just not really what I want to go for. I've heard and I like the idea with Pellegrini and Husilio's going for younger players and, and kind of pushing that way. I'd rather go for that. I'm not saying that Welbeck's old because I don't really think he is that incredibly old. But, um, yeah, for me it would just be a no. It's just too – the inconsistency and big name but not uh, – not for me. Yeah. yeah, he's 28 years old. I think he's coming up on a free. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what? I wouldn't hate it because if you play him as a striker or in a duo, I think he's got an op- he's, he's got some skills. Uh, he's mm-hmm. been out injured all season long, so that's a, a big issue uh, when it comes to players coming to West Ham because um, we want players with proven track records of not being injured because they tend to pick up those uh, those injuries when they get here. So injury-prone players, a la Jack Wilshere, tend to be uh, issue-prone, but... You know what? If they if they got him and he was cheap and he had sort of a performance based contract, sure, I don't care. Um, but again, this seems more like a signing that David Moyes would have done rather than Pellegrini, which again I would have been fine with because it changes it changes how the player would be used. So uh, I think Pellegrini probably doesn't have his eye on a twenty eight year old Welbeck, but who knows? Um, all right, quick break. We'll be back after this with our Watford preview. All right, up next for West Ham is the Hornets of Watford. Uh, something I never understood, and it's you know my ignorance as a uh, New World uh, fan of, of football, Premier League football. Uh, Watford are the Hornets, black and yellow, obviously makes sense, but have a moose on the crest, which I don't even think <laughs> moose are native to the uh, the British Isles, but who knows? Anyways, I digress. Uh, West Ham are going out to finish their season away at Watford. Uh, a month ago, we thought that this match could have top seven potential written all over it. Uh, both teams have stumbled a little bit, and Watford are now 
one point ahead of us and one table place ahead of us uh, at 10th with 50 points. West Ham come into this match uh, 49 points and in 11th. Uh, Watford have us on goal differential, so a draw won't do diddly for us. Uh, but a win and a Leicester loss could finish the season with West Ham in 9th, which would be great. Um, just a quick, on the whole, how do you feel going into this uh, going into this matchup here? This, this is a match I'm not going to lie, I feel a little nervous about. I mean, they... They took care of us well the last time we played them earlier this season. They were the team. Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't they the team that ended our uh, our, our December streak? Of, streak. Uh, yeah, yeah, they ended that very well. We didn't look good at all no. in that match, and uh, that was at home. Um, playing them away, they're a solid team when they play away. And you're right, you know, it's supposed to be a seventh playing each other for seventh, but we're kind of playing each other for ninth or, or tenth right now, trying to get to the top of that top half of the table, um, if you will. I, yeah, uh, nervous for sure. I think it's uh, it's not a game we want to take easily, but I do think if we come in playing the way we have the last two matches and keep that momentum going to finish out the season with, I don't think we're going to have an issue. But in typical West Ham fashion, yeah, I'm a little nervous. And it should be noted that Watford uh, are coming off of uh, back-to-back losses uh, to two Wolves, two one on the fourth, uh, sorry, on the twenty seventh of April, three uh, nothing to Chelsea on the fifth of May, and they play us. And then next uh, next Saturday, a week from now, uh, sorry, a week from this game, uh, sorry, not a week, six days, they have uh, their FA Cup final against Man City, which. Uh, is a game that Man City will be coming to play for because they will likely have won the league by then or have the potential to win the league by then. And they can also win the FA Cup if they win that match. And they also have already won uh, the Carabao Cup earlier on, the League Cup. So they can get the treble if they win that game. They'll be motivated. So I think Watford are going to... It's too far away from this match for it to really you know, have a hard impact on it. But... I think they're going to be distracted, and I think that that makes sense. I, I don't think any uh, any Watford supporters would really be too upset if their team threw this game away, played their bench players in order to stay fresh and ready for that, that City game, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're going to want to play for that game. I mean, that that, that game has a lot of potential for them, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they, could, they could come out, shock the world, and be playing in Europe next season. Um which is you know anybody would want so but you are right i think it's too spread out it's it's six games six days away so it's too spread out to that point to them being tired um and i think they're going to want to finish just like we want to finish in ninth or tenth you know so they're going to have that want there too um like you said it's easily two million between each spot um so why not you know they're going to be coming for it they've had a bad couple couple games we've had a good couple games so i do Man, I think it's going to be tight. I think it will be too. I think you're going to see two teams that probably know they're with you know of the same ilk of each other. So um, they're those scrappy teams that are looking to use this season as a springboard next year. Um, but it's interesting. Watford play an interesting system. Uh, dual striker, dual striker, heavily packed in the midfield as well. Um, <laughs> call it a four-two-two-two. Call it a four-four-two. Issues we had previous this this year with uh, defining what this team was. Um, but you know. It'll be super interesting to see how they line up. What it usually looks like for them is a partnership of Troy Deeney and Gerard De Lefeu up top. Uh, that's speed and that's power together. Andre Gray has been in there in, in uh, Deeney's absence. And behind that, it seems to be Will Hughes and uh, Ricardo Pereira. 
uh, as attacking midfielders or, or wide midfielders. And then you have Dekure and Kapui in the midfield if they are uh, both healthy. I think Dekure picked up a knock, so he may be out. Uh, Dukure, sorry. Uh, he may be out. He, he didn't feature in the Chelsea game, but we did see um, a midfielder that they've had for a little bit of longer time there. I need to pull up his his spelling of his name. Uh, Chalaba? Chalaba? Mm. Uh, who has been sort of a fixture there. But, you know, they have good players. Tom Cleverley's there as well. Um, their back line, Mariapa, Cathcart, uh, Holovas, Femiena, Femenia, there we go. I had to slow it down. <laughs> and Foster and Nett. Foster's been great. But, but you know, their back their back four is not one that scares me. Uh, and it's one I think that, a, you know, a front three of Antonio, Anderson, and Arnautovic could really get into, certainly with Lanzini or Wilshere or Noble even pulling strings behind it. So I think we have a defensive advantage on them. Um, it's just the gonna, I think it's going to come down to a battle in the midfield. It is. And they do kind of run that 4-2-2-2-ish style. I mean, that's what it looks like anyway on paper. Um, two kind of attacking mids and two defensive mids. And uh that's what kind of got us last time. It was not really their back line. I think we just played really poorly the last time we played them, and uh, at least attacking-wise. And so the back line wasn't – I don't know if it was ever going to stop us. Not. You're right. I think we can we can really push on. But that's what got us in trouble last time was that kind of um, two attacking mids and then the two forwards up front um, just kind of pressuring back on us. And, and, you know, we've had troubles at times this year um, getting caught getting caught in the wrong spot and uh especially with the defense and, and i do think that our defense has you know they've shaped up well and with frederick's playing lights out mazulaku's looking pretty good and then the two in the middle i'm not as worried i guess on that aspect but yeah it's, it's going to be a rough match i think it's going to be fun to watch especially being the last game of the season and uh it's going to be a fun 90 minutes I'm not going to want to watch it end yeah i know it's going to be bittersweet when it comes down to it so uh it, it, I don't know who to even pick out as their star player to highlight, but I think attacking-wise, uh, it's going to be someone like De La Faux. He's so quick. He's so dynamic. He, he goes out wide. He brings the ball into the middle, and he uses his, his midfield options to sort of get the best out of himself, but he's also um, he's able to pick out a shot or, or uh, a run like, like nobody else. Uh, do you think West Ham's recently improved back line of Balbuena and Diop uh, can, can match that speed and can also neutralize uh, the one-two punch of De La Faux with the likes of Dini or Gray, whoever we see up top there? Yeah, I think so. I think it might. I think they might be able to get one or two in. Um, hopefully, one or none. That'd be cool. But, uh, but uh, yeah, he man, he just got a lot of pace. And like you said before, it complements the kind of raw strength of Dini or or Gray for that matter, because Gray's got a lot of strength too. It's just gonna be, you know, him coming in now. I, I do think that Balbuena and Diop, both of them together, you know. Diop's got a little bit of a pace. He does have a little pace to him. It's that um, stride. You saw, yeah, you saw it on that one, you know, when he almost took it all the way in a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so I think he'll be able to keep up with him, with Mazuaku and Fredericks on the outside. I know that uh, it just depends on which side De La Fowl's on, but I, I think that they'll be able to keep up with him. Um, he's just a tough – he's going to be a long – probably be in there for 90 minutes if not close to it. And he's just going to be pressuring and pressuring the entire game. So it's going to be fun to watch. Now, I, I don't want to uh, take away from our article that will be written uh, while it happens, but uh, I want to hear your score predictions for this one. Let me know the goal scorers and how you think it's going to happen. So I'm going to go with – I'm a little optimistic. I'm going to go 3-1. Three, three, or no, I'm going to go 3-2. I'm going to let them get two in. 
I don't know who's going to score for them, but I think we'll win 3-2. I see Arnautovic getting another one in. I see it depends if Anderson's back. If Anderson is back and playing, which I don't know if you have any insight on that, if he's going to be back or not. I haven't not. read anything, but it, it was a sickness or, or a virus, so I think he should be back. Right. So I'm going to I'm going to go with Arnie. I'm going to go with Anderson and I'm going to get uh I'm going to get one more. I'm going to go with Diop, maybe on a corner. Oh, I like that. Getting the center yeah. backs in the mix there. Okay. I am going to say 2-0. Um I think the first one uh, it could be something like a Mark Noble pen when it comes to that because I think you're gonna it's gonna take something special to beat Foster in the form he's been in. Um, mm-hmm. The second one I could see a set piece as well, but I think it, we we could just end up um, with a late game squeaker when when they're committing forward to look for a tying goal. We counterattack them and, and the likes of I don't know. Let's call it. Let's call Jack Wilshere's first uh, on okay. a counterattack. That's that's my prediction there. Uh, both positive, and I think we we're, we're not you know the optimistic West Ham fans that are picking our team to win. We are two players picking our team that's in form uh, to sort of continue that and end the season on the right foot. So we're not delusional. I swear, guys, we're not. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on on anything West Ham as we come to a close here? We'll do a season recap next week, hopefully, or in the in the weeks to come. But uh, just uh, as as it is uh, coming to the last game of the season, uh, are you are you anticipating? Are you looking forward to the summer? What are your general thoughts? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the summer. I'm looking forward to just seeing what we do. I'm, I'm kind of in a weird way looking forward to seeing who all leaves. You know, there's that big kind of talk about uh, about all that and. And it'd be interesting to see who leaves, who stays, and then what we bring in. You know, you kind of year two, um, the first kind of full year, uh, you know, of Pellegrini and Husilios and all that. So to see that come through, um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm a just like every other West Ham fan, man. I'm a junkie for transfer rumors and all of that. And, you know, we get so much of that anyway. So, of course, I'm excited for that. Um, I do want to give two shout outs. I mean, I'm going to let you finish your little kind of how you feel. Are yeah, you ready no, for summer good. and things you're like good. that? No, um, yeah, so two little shout-outs. Once again, I just want to shout-out American Hammers TV for getting me on. If you guys have not watched them, go onto YouTube, simple, American Hammers TV, and watch them. They've had a lot of great pa- guest, guests, gosh, getting my words right, guests in the past, and they have a lot of good guests coming up, even this week, with uh, Dave Walker, and um, they're bringing the, the guy back from Holy City Hammers, which is uh, a hilarious time. And then also, I wanted to shout-out the I have an article coming out tomorrow, for anybody that hasn't heard of or has heard and they're kind of interested in what's going on out in Las Vegas this summer, um, there is going to be somewhat of a uh, West Ham Way-ish type of event that's going to be happening in Vegas. And really the only reason it's happening out there is just because John Black, the guy that, that lives out there, set it up. That's really the only reason it's out there. And, um, yeah, he just kind of wanted to get the word out and let people know. I think it's going to be a great event. If, if I can make it, I'm going to go because, you know, I, I live like an hour and a half flight away. I get <laughs> Toronto's well. maybe a little bit further, but, yeah, might as well go. Check it out. Um, there is confirmation that Dave and X are going to be there from the West Ham way, so that's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a good forum to get any North American, South American, Central American, whoever wants to come type of hammers just to get together and, and, and watch a match and kind of have free run of the the pub and and it's it's vegas i mean it's gonna be august so it's gonna be hot but um yeah it's gonna be a fun time either way so just wanted to give those two quick shout outs and now the floor is yours yeah uh i mean to everyone that's gonna go to that i don't know if if uh my fiance would really buy into uh the the next trip i take being without her into las vegas for a west ham convention (laughs) but uh uh to everyone that's going i know i'm sure that the more and more i hear about it the more jealous i'm getting 
Um, so I, I, I want to see lots of pictures and updates on Twitter and whatnot, but it'd be fun to see that for sure. Um, as for me, I'm just looking forward to this season coming and going and, and you know, taking the strides that West Ham's made, if you want to call them that, uh, with Pellegrini at the helm. I think there's a, a, a certain direction that the club's going in, and that's nice to see for once. We have our manager for next year. We know who that's going to be, um, you know. Declan Rice is a strong piece to build behind uh, as well. The the big marquee player we brought in wasn't a flop. Arnautovic is firing again. That'll be the, the real up and down in the offseason here, whether he stays or goes. We can touch on that at a later date, I'm sure, and you know put a quarter in each other and just go on that. But uh, you know I, I'm excited because the season's you know just about done. We can all take an exhale, and then we'll all be complaining that we want it back the next day. So I... Uh, I'm happy the season's over. I'm ready to turn the new leaf, and I'm ready to see all those wonderful transfers. Transfers we're going to bring in with that 20 million pound budget. So, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> for Jeremiah and myself, thank you for listening. I uh, will talk to you guys next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.